This is Let's Get Juicy with me, your host, Juliette Lipman. I'm a female leadership mentor to women who are literally looking to trip in pleasure, wealth, and soul. This is your portal to being inspired and uplifted by intimate conversations I'll be having with powerful women who have reached success on their own terms and that it's all available to you too, my love. I'm so excited you're here. So let's get juicy, shall we? I'm so excited about this. Yay! Yes. So I'm going to introduce you. Sarah is an author, a Dharma coach, a holistic business mentor, and also Mama Earth advocate. And she's here to help women tap into their self-belief, activate their Dharma, and thrive in their business. So welcoming you here once again. Thanks for being here. And so I want to preface this episode with, first of all, you know, we're calling it the light and dark side of the coaching industry. And I just want to share a few words that I personally love the coaching industry. And that's why we're doing this episode is because I have a big love for it. I know you do as well. I in particular love seeing women supporting one another, right? Breaking through thousands of years of conditioning, the patriarchy. And so there's so much going on here. And there's so much work that we women and men are doing to um, create more freedom, right, for ourselves and for future generations. And so there is something that is so innately beautiful about that. And these coaching containers are really a safe place, can be a really safe place and beautiful place for men and women to feel held through big shifts as they're empowering themselves really to change and build the lives that they desire. And (laughs) there's also a dark side to it. And I feel like it's really important we address it because I see so often, you know, there's a lot of talk about abundance and, you know, there's a lot of the positive sprinkling all over everything, which is like invest, invest all your money if you're going to make it in your business. And that's my intention with this episode is to talk about these deeper issues and to also give you tools and solutions um, to move move with it. So yeah, and I just want to say one more thing before we get into the questions. Why did I choose this beautiful woman, Sarah, to join this conversation? Well, what I love so much about Sarah is that she is a rule breaker. <laughs> she is <laughs> she is outspoken and in an industry that you don't always see that because you I think a lot of us are taught that like, you know, a good marketing strategy is is um is to talk about like the positives and the abundance aspects. And Sarah, I've just seen so much of her content. It's like, you know, you raise your hand on something and you're like, well, I call bullshit on some of these things. And you also support a lot of things, but I find it really refreshing. And every time I see a post where you've, you've singled something out and you're like, Hey, there's, it feels like there's something wrong with this. I'm always like, thank God someone fucking said something, you know? And so that's why like, I'm so grateful to have you on here. I'm curious if you have any opening remarks as well. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. And I love what you're saying. And yeah, I love the coaching industry as well. I think that it is um, an amazing industry for creating freedom. And and it's a real industry for creating real systemic change if we are um, heart-centered and mindful of the, the possible pitfalls. 
And I think my intention for this conversation is to offer solutions and frameworks and different ways of thinking about things that feel a bit more healthy and also to hopefully help your listeners feel a little bit less alone. Like if they've been thinking something, but no one else has been really saying it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just an open conversation so that, you know, if you have been thinking these things, maybe it's not your money mindset, or maybe it's not something that's wrong with you that needs healing. Maybe it's something that actually needs addressing and looking at in a slightly different way. So I would just kind of preface our conversation with, um, what we are discussing here is just an opportunity for conversation. Um, and that's it really. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love what you said, especially the part around not feeling so alone, Because, you know, essentially, like we're all behind our laptops and our phones and we're putting our most vulnerable self out there. So, my God, how vulnerable and scary can that feel sometimes? And and then, you know, to kind of have this spiritual um, bypassing, which is like, be grateful the whole time and be heart centered. And it's like, well, um, there are some pieces that like when you speak about in a safe place, like in an open conversation, like right now will make you feel like. Oh, just like feels good to talk about this. Like exactly, I've been feeling it. You've, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good that someone just said it. So, um, yeah, I love the intention. So, <laughs> Fra- framing it, <laughs> framing what we're about to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it it kind of feels a bit vulnerable as well, you know. Yeah. To, I think there's part of me that is scared of coming across as a bit of a bitch or, you know, like, oh God, she's so negative or, you know, these things that we're kind of taught, especially in the spiritual world, like that we shouldn't quote unquote be. So there is a vulnerability about speaking about these kind of topics. And I feel like we are at a tipping point globally where, like I was saying to you before we started recording, some of these issues they're actually way bigger than the coaching industry. So it's not about, um, it's not about calling people out. It's not about, you know, oh, my way is better than your way. It's like, what are we actually here for? Are we here for change? Are we here for personal well-being? Yes, but are we also here for collective well-being and planetary well-being and all of these things that actually are really, really important for us um, as a as a species but so it's 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 bigger than the coaching industry as well and and there's a lot of nuance to these things as well I know this word gets kind of banded around a lot nuanced context but actually that's also really important so yes it's vulnerable but my Aquarian self also believes that it's necessary to to have these conversations and I can't help it (laughs) (laughs) love your Aquarian self and thank god for it because (laughs) very needed right now um So beautiful. So I'm going to get started already with our first question. Um, So there is an aspect to the coaching industry that is rooted in the term elitism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen a lot of like a lot of coaches that I see online. um, I don't always see so many um, like a bigger representation online. So I see a lot of like white women who are talking a lot about money and accumulation of wealth. Um, and I also see, um, like, I don't, I mean, I don't often see this culture of giving back. Like we talk so much about, no, 20 K months, 30 K months, 50 K months, but I don't often see like, and this is what I'm doing with my money consciously. And I'm investing, um, you know, my money in like this organization, because this is something that I care about. And so I'm curious, um, what you've seen 
on this topic? Mm, that's such a good question. I think the whole elitism thing, which is essentially you have, I think particularly in the business coaching industry, there are obviously lots of different subsections of the coaching industry, but there's this business coaching industry where, you know, in order to get top access to the top business coaches, you have to pay like thousands and thousands and thousands. And in order to be able to access them, you have to kind of jump through these 20K, 30K, 40K, 100K month hoops in order to get access to them. That's kind of what I think of elitism. That's kind of, that mirrors wider society. It mirrors our capitalist society where a lot of power and prestige and status is with those that have. And the have-nots, it's really difficult for them to climb the ladder, you know? So there's, there's that yeah, that elitist aspect. Um, and something that you said along the lines of, you know, what is what is the like, what is the point of making all this money? I think that's a really good question to sit with. And the, I guess some would have the argument of like, well, you know, it's none of it's no one's business that where I where I direct my money. If I get I'm given to charity behind the scenes, I don't have to show you that. So that I would kind of say, actually, yes, you do, because you're a leader. And if you're showing your Chanel bags and your private jets, then you also need to be really transparent about the other half, the half like the philanthropy and things, because to be a leader is to live by example and to lead ourselves. And I think the most important thing is like the truth is, this is how I see it, is that I love money. Money is fantastic. Money is a tool, but money is only useful if we're directing it in conscious ways. So yes, you do get to make 20K, 30K, 40K months if that's what you desire, but there's, we have to be real. There's only so much we actually need in order to live a really fulfilled life. There's only so much we need for our well-being, for our family's well-being, and the rest either gets to be for show, it's status, or we can really do something good with it. This isn't about being a savior or feeling that we have to take on all the world's problems, but it's recognizing that money is a source of power, not a source of validation. And I think mm. for me, that's where I see myself personally coming up against that again and again and again of like more success in, our, in the business coaching industry, more success. You're seen as successful if you're hitting certain milestones without any regard of whether they're actually profit margins without any regard of you know where that money is going so yeah I'm kind of ranting here and, and rambling but I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on it yeah I know I, I loved everything you said and especially like I really resonate with the parts of jumping from like 10k hoops 20k hoops 100k hoops and that brings you closer like towards the top of a pyramid if you were to say <laughs> and it has that it has that aspect to it you know and and how I like to see it I mean you know, when I first got into the coaching industry, um, before that, I'd been doing consulting and mm. um, I was making, you know, hourly wages. Um, and then I got into the coaching industry and I realized, oh, my God, I can I can make 10K with one client. Mm. Oh, my God. And so I got and so but before I even got the first client, I said, OK, I'm going to donate 10% um, of that to charity. Like that was my thought going in. And I already picked the charity it was a doula service for um women of um, low income families um, or single mothers. Um, and so that was my intention going into it. And so the first 110K, that was what I did. And oh. then as I, yes, it was a beautiful intention, but 
as I got more and more and more involved into the coaching world, it's like my world kind of became quite small in a sense. Mm. Like I'm really glued to social media. I started like looking at those other coaches, like you said, who were making 20, 30, 40K, who were a few steps ahead of me. And I was like, okay, I want to get access to them. And so then I was like, okay, well, next time I make that 10K, I'm going to invest in a VA. I'm going to, you know, do all these other things instead of, you know, giving away that original 1K. And so as I got more and more into it, I realized, oh my God, like um, it became this rat race instead yeah. of like my initial intention. And so, yes. yeah. And I, and I look back at that and I'm like, wow, like I started out so pure and <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and I think the point of this conversation is like to go back to remembering, you know, like it's not about, like I became obsessed with the chase and more, more, more instead yeah. of like, what do I feel is enough for me to live on where I still have a beautiful and, and like luxurious life which is what mm-hmm. I like and where and at one point is that enough for me and then and then where's the tipping point where um, like the cherry on top where I can then give that back yeah it's a different mindset that's so beautiful mm-hmm. and there's um one of my mentors said to me that sufficiency is sexy and I was like well sufficiency doesn't sound very sexy but it, it actually it actually really is like I think that question of like when is it enough and yeah. it's a really challenging question to sit with particularly when there are all these messages around like what we should be doing or what we should be aspiring to which is essentially another form of conditioning and you know I remember like four years ago five years ago when I started it was all about 10k months like that was the thing now it's like 100k months and you know it's like I was talking to my friend about this she's in she's um in the industry too it's kind of warped our view of reality a little bit like in my normal day-to-day life with my friends who have no idea what the coaching industry is they just think like oh she's a life coach that's nice um they have no idea what what we're all really part of you know these sums of money are huge absolutely huge and life-changing for many people so I think it's just about kind of putting it into perspective as well and recognizing that if you have well-being if you're able to give back if you love the work that you're doing if you're also um building in a little bit more equity and accessibility for for people that maybe aren't as privileged as you have been. That's a very nuanced conversation because privilege is very, very multifaceted, very multidimensional. And we could speak for hours about how do you even define privilege, but still like, you know, if you're, if you're feeling good and you're loving your work and you have more than enough and you've got time freedom and you know, you can do what you want. Isn't, isn't that enough? So, right. yeah, but it's really, for, for me, it's hard. It's hard for me to even accept that I actually have my, def- like I have and I'm living my definition of success. Because if you're growth oriented and you really want to grow, like where do you grow into then? It's really, I, this is my challenge at the moment. It's like, where do I go now? Right. And I think that's, that's so beautiful because right like you want to feel like you're moving forward Mm -hmm. and so what does that mean does that mean like constant money does that mean more and more money or I mean for me like I'm working with a healer now for the past five months and for me growth means like expansion of my consciousness Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) healing wounds that have been 
oh my god running my life wounds yeah. and pride wounds I mean so many of them and so it's been such a humbling experience so I feel like growth it's like how do you define growth like how do you yeah in, in which way do you want to have more momentum in your life is it just in your business in terms of financials and as you said money is a tool like when you make more money you're able to do great things with it the question is like what are you going to do with it and when is enough enough for you and what do you want to do with the overflow Mm, that's such a beautiful question and it's also not just about money I think it's also about time one of the things that I've done which is like you know in kind of more traditional um business coaching speak is a bit of a no-no but I fuck it um (laughs) which is that I've been able to build my business in such a way that things are really really leveraged so I've started opening up an in-person practice here on Mondays, offering locals rates and bringing local people in to do in-person Dharma coaching sessions with me. Mm. And it's like the least profitable aspect of my business, but it is so fucking fulfilling to just have someone come sit with me for an hour and a half and we're doing all of the body work and the, the somatic release working and I'm making them herbal tea and I I can I can do three to four sessions in that day and that's a full day and I could make the same amount of money in half an hour if I wanted to by you know focusing on maybe um speaking to people who wanted to build a million dollar business but that's not what I'm here for and so it's like giving back can also be like okay well where how can I give back my time And how can I kind of redistribute access? There's something that I find really off about the pay for proximity argument in the coaching space. Like you pay for proximity to me. And I get it. I get why that's a thing. But I feel like, I mean, you're not a commodity. (laughs) You're an amazing being. Like, and so this whole idea of like, I don't expect my friends to pay for proximity. I, you know, I don't to be in my energy there's something a little bit off about that so the way that I've seen it and the way that I've been thinking through it is okay how can I start to bring more marginalized people people living on the margins of society either economically or for other reasons how can I start to center them into my business and actually give them more proximity to me which is essentially what this in-person practice is because a lot of people living here in Portugal they're on Portuguese wages you know, they desperately want to go out of their jobs and they're finding, want to find their purpose. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to give you a, a, a self-paced course. Come in, come into my world. Let's see what we can do. Oh, oh Sarah, like there's a reason why we connect and why we're on the same page. <laughs> because I've also recently started doing that. And I love what you're saying here about the difference between like money as, you know, as money as power but also like time like how are you going to give back in terms of your time and your love and yeah I'm actually starting a group program my first group program ever next month yeah and uh end of April and um you know I had this price and I was like okay it's going to be 1111 you know it's coaching coaching price (laughs) this is a typical coaching price (laughs) And then I thought with it and I was like, no way. 
I am pushing away so many people who like the people I meet every day, like I, my, my cleaning lady here, mm. we are so connected. We message each other a lot. She is the sweetest thing ever. And I know she loves my work and I know she would benefit from this program. So why I have people in my direct network who, who would really, exactly as you said, who want to shift their lives, want to find their sole purpose, want to better themselves. Um, and I'm here in their lives. And why am I making it not accessible to them? Mm. So I've shifted my perspective on it. And now I have, um, you know, an entry level price, but I also have like a very short application if people can't make that price. I want them to talk to me and tell tell me what where they're at in their life, you know, what's going on, um, where they want to move into and maybe an expression of how they feel that they would what they would get out of the program. So it can be in terms of art, a few words. Um, just anything that connects them to the energy of the program, because I want people invested as well. That's positive energy for me. You know, and this is a, this this is being really solution focused, and it's it's like I think equi- equity is one of the the key values of my business is mm-hmm. recognizing that when we look at things through a systemic lens, that we're not all starting from the same place, and so yes. um, we can't. I don't believe that we can be talking about smashing patriarchy if we're not recognizing other systemic, um, other systems that are, you know, quote unquote, oppressing people and not making things as accessible as they could be. So I have um, an entry level um, container for early stage business priestesses called Awaken to Freedom. And something that I implemented six months ago, I was like, right, okay, I'm just going to test this out because I have no idea how this is going to work. But we brought in a sliding scale anti-capitalist investment system, which is a three-tier investment system. People have to self-identify where they are at based on if they own a house and they have, you know, a steady income or if they, you know, are able to pay for massages and, and restaurants and things like that or whether they're just literally scraping by. Yeah. And I was always a bit kind of like, well, let's see what happens. Because I, I remember talking to my partner about this. And he was like, well, isn't everyone just going to put themselves in the lower tier because they want to pay less? Mm. That is not what has happened. What has happened is people are really, really honest. And people will self-select really, really honestly. And those who are in tier A, remembering that, like, of course, they're going to pay more. But investment is relative for so them it feels like the same investment as like a tsc investment and it just evens it out mm. and it's so beautiful and it's it's been six months we've been doing that now and it really really works and it's my most profitable container so mm. it's like and everyone's like oh my god yeah oh my god i love that like that's what really that's one of the things that drew me in um yeah, so I'm really quite proud of that. And that was because of my body worker. I, I'm doing, I'm working with a sexological body worker at the moment, Arantia. She's amazing. And um, she introduced that system to me through mm. her work. And I was like, I wonder if this would work, you know, because we do single sessions. And I was like, I wonder if this would work for like a bigger container. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to try. It's beautiful. It works. Ugh. Giving people the freedom to also like, come in from where, where they're at to not have shame around like where they're at but they actually have a beautiful intention they want to grow they want to better you know their business their lives whatever um and you give them the sovereign the sovereignty to like be there you know I think that's so beautiful 
it's really empowering. I didn't realize how empowering it is because, you know, these people are not, it's not because, you know, some of them are paying less or far more extended payment plans. That's another way that you can start to create equity as well. And, you know, they're, they're showing up for themselves. It's not like, oh, I paid less. I don't care. It's, and it's, yeah, I think that it's removing the stigma of, I mean, this is something we've talked about as well. Like the, the pressure that we can create when we invest in a certain way, particularly at the beginning, I think can be counterproductive. Me personally, I need to stretch. But if I am worrying about if I can pay my bills or I need to get a client to pay my coach, that that never never worked for me. And it doesn't work for a lot of my clients. So I don't so I don't put them in that situation. Of course, it's like it's as if you're going to the gym and you're lifting your weights right you're stretching yourself you make an investment and you're like okay like this stretches me but I can still do it I can still lift the weights or you're going to the gym and the investment is too big your nervous system is so messed up you're like oh my god I'll never make the money back and you just downward spiral and you literally like break your arm at the gym well how much longer does it take for you to recover and bounce back and so yes you know like we were talking about these big investments you can make like to work with some coaches at the beginning of your business to like spend, you know, tens of thousands and or the beginning of your journey and something spending spending all your money, like going all in and not having any savings in the bank account or not having a job like an influx of cash or, you know, those around you who can also financially support you if you're just going in. And, you know, that's for me, that's like playing a part of the coaching and the fallacy that like, well, if you go all in, you you can make it. Like you just need to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and that can be really counterintuitive and like dangerous for some who think, okay, I just have to have a positive mindset and like sex magic my way there and I'll be fine. <laughs> and it's wishful thinking. Oh, it is. It is. Hello. Hello. Coming in here for a little quickie. If you're ready to call in your next 2.0 self, woo, hey girl, I'm here. I work with some of the most amazing women who are ready to expand from starting and growing their own personal brands to inviting in even more pleasure and love into their lives. We don't have to buy into the toxic myth anymore that in order to get ahead, we need to be more confident or that we need to grind ourselves to the bone either. My inbox is open should you feel called to join forces and invite in even more pleasure and productivity in my one-on-one VIP coaching mentorship. My love, we're all so damn scared of failing, but what if you freaking fly? Ah, all right, back to the episode now. Yeah, so I think that when we're not, um, I'm thinking of this particular coach, and of course, I'm. This is, we never had this conversation, so this is this is just like what I interpreted it as as a possibility. But I think this whole kind of like, you know, when people say, "Oh, yeah," but people just can't afford it, or you know, this feels like too much for these kinds of people. Then it's like, oh well, they can get, you know, in your messaging, you need to say, you know, you have to be all in, get a credit card, you must do what it takes, you know, that kind of messaging yeah, that we see. But I wonder if that sometimes we're, especially depending on where we are in the, our journey and what we've been taught by other coaches and what is working as well, is we're afraid if we don't have that messaging, then we won't get clients. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 
but our messaging, I think, is a really important part of what it is to um, build in equity. I've, I've actually found since I've started talking about these things and also implementing different solutions that my profitability has actually gone up and that was never my intention. And I'm like, oh, great, that's a great byproduct. But OK, you know, I never say no to money. But um, yeah, so I think my my point yeah. is that um, don't be afraid to um, question the tactics that you're working at the, that you're using that are even working for you because there are more ethical strategies and ways of doing things in business that um, that still work. Yeah, exactly. That are like, that feel the need to say, you know, being careful about your money, getting a side job, you know, not investing everything, like those sort of messaging, like, is it safe for you to do this? Um, you know, what else is going on in your life that you can support you in this? Like, that's not sexy, you yeah. know? Like, it's not sexy, quote unquote. And so that's not what sells because we live in a world of instant gratification and obsessed with quick results. And so, you know, with with messaging that excites people in the moment and makes them be a fuck yes client right away. Well, Mm -hmm. is that even a healthy dynamic to be in? Because this immediate like, well, it's different where if you get on a call with someone or you read through someone's, um, you know, information, you're like, oh, this feels so good. Yes. Yeah. It's different. That's beautiful. I think that's very healthy. But it's a different energy to to be like, like coming from a place of lack and fear and just yeah. like, oh, my God, like I need to do this now and I need to make this money now. And like I need it's the need yeah. paradigm that um, that that sort of messaging of like, you know, get a credit card, do this, like this sort of like dismissive um, attitude with money comes in. Um, so I just wanted to share that. Yeah, I so agree with you on that. Actually, on one of my sales pages for Awaken to Freedom, there's a very strong bit at the bottom that is like, don't join this program if you need to make money quickly, because I can't guarantee anything. Get a side job. like. And I think also, I was noticing a lot a couple of years ago that a lot of my um, holistic business mentoring coaches were a little bit afraid to tell me that they were getting a a part-time job or you know maybe they quit their job and they started working with me and things were taking longer than they initially thought because the online space makes them believe that you can do it in like a month um and so there was this fear of like oh I need to tell you that actually I'm I'm getting a, a side job great great when I first started my business I was volunteering at a yoga retreat space you know just do what you need to do to make sure that your needs are, are met. And you may always have your side job. Maybe you love that part-time cafe job, you know? Um, so I think there's a lot of shame around that. But yeah, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I have a side job or I really want a side job, but I don't want to fail in my business, you get to reframe that. Yes. And this is like a really empowering mindset shift that we're talking about. And like, I do understand the flip side, like where the fear comes from, because a lot of people, you know, when it, when they're getting a side job and they're hustling and they're also trying to make their coaching business work well, for those who are not in this industry and not at this level of like, you know, your soul's work. And that's the most important thing. If you're, you know, someone's parent or you're from, you know, yeah. you're a regular nine to five, well, people could look in and be like, girl, like what, what you doing? Like, you know, you got a side hustle, like trying to make this online thing work. Like, I don't get it. And so, um, you know, that's, I feel like that's where a lot of like the doubt comes from. Mm. Um, And like, there's a piece that's like, oh no, I need to prove it. Like, I don't need to have a side hustle. Like I need to, I can go in 
all in and like that's that's kind of why also people make those decisions it's like i believe in myself so much like i'll make the money back and you know money is a funny thing like you never know there's no guarantee when when you'll make the money back yes i really like that actually that you sharing that is it's also a flip perspective isn't it because sometimes i guess that we can make those decisions to have the side job from a place of fear of like this is never going to work so again there's like there's so much nuance and context with this of like where is this actually coming from but if it actually supports your nervous system Mm -hmm. like i think it always comes back to the nervous system if it supports your nervous system this is a good thing do it (laughs) like do it do it do it do it do it um yeah i'm having so much fun (laughs) you know it's funny this conversation is in a sense, it goes against like so many of the containers I've been in and oh, God, so much yes. money I've invested in. And so there's a part of me that's like, oh, my God, like, we're saying all the things. I mean, even the part of like, you know, bringing down the price and having it, you know, a slideable scale, like so many of the coaches I've worked with would be like, no, Juliet, what the, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And at the same time, like, you know, so often I had taken those women's advice and I'm like, well, if they said it, then they must be right because they're the ones that are making, you know, those 50K months. Um, and I would I would not listen to my inner voice. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of me that like believes in equality, that believes in justice, that believes that those who are curious about this work should get it. It shouldn't be exactly an elitist thing where only if you have the money do you have access mm-hmm. to it. Um, so... So yeah, so there's been a big um, uncoupling of that, of what I've been taught in the industry to what's actually true for me and my own experience and how I want to treat the people in my in my sphere. Um, I mean, in particular, I actually started working with, I don't know if I told you this, um, but I'm really happy to share this also for to the listeners, um, that after working with many women that are in the coaching industry for many years, I decided over the last few months to only hire coaches and healers that don't have an online account. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And why? Um, Because I wanted a fresh perspective. I just felt like everyone has been doing the same things, talking about the same things. It just felt like everyone was like carbon copies of one another. And um, we were all following the same rules. And that is such bullshit. Like, why did we get into this industry? not to follow more rules it's so funny how we go back to our old conditioning of like oh yeah like these are the rules have to do it this way no like i wanted i want to do it my own way and i want to work with i want to be inspired by women around me on my team who are not um influenced by how other coaches are doing it i want to do it my way yes oh i love that actually one of my biggest inspirations in the past year or so has been um I went and did like my permaculture design certification course. And um, I've also been working with a herbalist and like it's giving me so many different lenses through which to see my own work. And I, I know exactly what you mean about like this particular coaching bubble is I never really, f- I, I've worked with a few, but I never really felt like I fitted in. And I thought maybe, maybe that's just a wound from childhood. But then I realized like I, I really don't fit in and that's cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you gaslight yourself and like, maybe this is a childhood wound that nobody wanted to play with me in the playground. Oh no, you're just this weirdo and you're meant to be a weirdo. <laughs> um, but I have felt very, um, I have felt very lonely in, the, in particularly the business coaching space. Um, 
I've, I have felt very, very lonely. It's, and that's why I relish these kinds of conversations with women who are also thinking through these things and doing things a bit differently. It's like I, I crave them. Um, yeah, I, I personally hope and believe that more of this is, is going to come to the surface. I, I, believe in, I believe in this tipping point that we are facing. I want desperately to believe that we are bringing in the new earth. And but we have to choose that. And I think part of new earth is really this. It's like cutting our allegiance and our ties with toxic aspects of the capitalist model and then moving into, um, yeah, a more rounded, well-distributed, regenerative way of doing business, not just for ourselves, but for our clients, for our communities and also for Mother Earth. Yeah, and not some, and not from like a hippy dippy perspective, because I think a lot yeah. of people from the capitalist world can be dismissive of this new earth idea, and and yeah. that's fine. Like I forgive them because they're at that level of consciousness, and that's okay. I'm not here. We're not here to change everyone's mind. But I also want to mention that, like you know, we're having this conversation. You know, Sarah, I'd say that you're also dancing between both worlds as we were talking. Very much before. so. Like you have mm-hmm. gotten your PhD you know, you're a doctor and you're into the spiritual world. So you have your both feet, it really feels to me, both feet firmly rooted down and you're grounded in this conversation. And I feel that those who are making the shift, and I would say the same about myself, by the way, and those who are making <laughs> I, the shift. I see that. <laughs> I'll say it about myself. Let me just say it. <laughs> and those making the shift to this new earth and also in the coaching industry, if you're getting into it and we're at a tipping point, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, you know, this is, I'm seeing it, you know, I want to, I want to really see it for what it is and be critical, but also open to it. Um, I just want to say that, um, yeah, we're, you're not alone. Like we're in this together and mm-hmm. um, we just need more, exactly more of these conversations. I definitely say. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's why it's so important. Yeah. It's quite funny when you talk about the the hippie dippy world, because I currently I'm living in a place called Al Jazeera in Portugal and it is like hippie central. <laughs> it's so hippie and I I love it but even the sometimes I'm like okay this is too much for me I need to go I need to leave this place right now um but yeah I think I think it does it does I guess it's like the balancing of the yin and the yang and the masculine and the like feminine it's it's like moving out of any extremes like complete like oh my god the monetary system is fucked up I'm just gonna go and live off grid and I feel like that sometimes mm-hmm. or like you know actually life is all about accumulating money and you're an idiot if you don't and kind of moving into the the middle of this spectrum of like actually you know how can we how can we perpetuate the least harm and i think that also one of the things that i'm really um thinking through and feeling into is this idea that our whole social systems Um, we are complicit in a lot of harm that's created, like a lot of inequity, a lot of, um, uh, yeah, like environmental destruction. And it's the same in the coaching industry. Like there will be things that we do and say that probably do create harm to someone on some level. So it's not about trying to be like ethically pure and like I'm one of the good ones and like look at me with my halo. It's instead thinking, okay, well, how can I be helpful? How can I do the, the least harm? 
And I have this framework that I, that I use and I think about with a lot of my personal goals and my business goals. And it's like three lenses, which is like self-care. Is this allowing me to tell, take care of myself? And I don't want to be a martyr, you know, like we see lots of burnt out activists and which is no good for anyone. Mm-hmm. Then there's people care. Like, is this looking after my people? Is this looking after my clients, but also maybe their families and wider society? And then earth care, you know, what are my aspirations here? Am I contributing to regenerating the earth and healing and, and being an advocate for her? Or am I kind of blindly thinking that maybe success is consumerism? So unconsciously, I'm actually, um, you know, depleting her of resources. I'm, I'm not saying that we all have to be sustainability freaks, because I think that that's really difficult in our society. Just saying like, what, you know, it's just using different lenses to think through our goals, because mm-hmm. personal development has become very, very individualistic. Of course, it's personal development and it's necessary. It's super, super necessary. We have to do that inner work. But like we were saying before, what for? And I think by bringing in these more collective lenses through which we can look at the work we're doing, um, it's, it minimizes or certainly lessens some of the harm that we are complicit in. So yeah, it's not about being ethically pure. Um, There's a lot of stuff that we're all doing that's extremely fucked up. And it's just the society we live in, you know? Like, That's my two cents. (laughs) But I'd like to know what you think. Yeah, no, that was so beautifully thought out. And I love the three pillars that you have there. And when you were saying that, I was just thinking like, damn, I want to work in, I want to, sorry, I want to live in that world. (laughs) I want to live in that world where people are measuring themselves according to those three boxes those three pillars. I think, um, yeah, I'm even thinking of my family. I'm thinking of my friends. I just feel like I would love to live in a community where people were mindful of their own self-love, self-care, the earth. And what was the third one? People. And people. And people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a really amazing book called People and Permaculture. It doesn't sound very sexy. It's by Luby, <laughs> Luby Magnamara, and it's incredible. She gives so many different frameworks, so many different ways of looking at things. And she she takes um yeah she she really looks at society, and she's got nothing to do with the coaching industry, but that's why it's so refreshing. Yeah. And so you know, reading I've been doing so much study on like um economics and new economic models and permaculture indigenous wisdom and I think that that can be really really helpful as well is I went through a phase of only listening to podcasts about business and like spirituality and only reading books about like how to manifest whatever the fuck it was that I wanted to manifest at the time but actually like moving out of just reading that the same echoey stuff you know, quantum, whatever, oh, um, and moving into something that feels more kind of like tangible and, and real and also wider perspective, I think has really helped me as a coach. I mean, I would say, of course, I'm not a, of course, I'm not a perfect coach nor a perfect mentor and I fuck up often, <laughs> but I'm really proud of my practice. I'm really proud of, of how I hold space for my clients. I'm really proud of the way that I take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because I've, widen my perspective yeah and the intention to just like being really in integrity Mm. I feel like what you're talking about here is like you've planted 
seeds based on like a culmination and aggregation an aggregate of of inspiration and ideas from like a wider source it's not just limited to like a few people and a few small uh, a few ideas i don't want the coaching industry exactly to be this repetitive thing where it's all about abundance and making your 20k months because we all come in with beautiful intention like the reasons why people become coaches is because they felt like a heart connection that they're able to heal themselves and others like they're sovereign they they're leaning into their sovereignty that's why you become a coach and then we get lost sometimes along the way into this online world again where we feel alone behind our screen and then we get sucked into this other narrative and it's like hold on a second it doesn't have to look like that like let's take a few steps back I love Sarah's framework of looking at those three pillars and seeing like how do you what do you want to bring into your life is it more books that are you know, coming from different sources and a completely different topic? Um, Is it, you know, coaches or healers or people um, who don't even have all social media? Like, that's what I'm doing. And I find that so refreshing. And maybe someone's asking, how did you find these people? Um, Yeah, I I tend to just like ask, I'm, I'm like, I'm a little networker. And I tend to ask people, like how, how their self-development journey is going. And I'm always curious when they're working with people. And so I'm always like, I'm always on the forefront of like, who's out there? So it just mm-hmm. takes asking people in your network um, and getting curious about it. And um, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Finding a business card. I actually, today I got some business cards delivered. I've never had business cards in my life. And I probably don't need them, but I just was like, oh, this feels really juicy to have some business cards in the community. Financially speaking, I don't like it's it's coming from a very different space. It's not like I'm just starting out and I really need clients. It's like, ah, this feels really good to just Mm. kind of, you know, do it from a different space. Um, You're coming from fullness. You're giving out your heart to a place of like, I'm good. And I and and I want to love, love, love up. I want to love up on you, not because I need your money, but because yeah, <laughs> something else. Yeah. And it feels really good. For me, that's abundance. You know, for me, that's really living mm. very prosperously. And I feel very, very grateful for the coaching industry for so many reasons, you know, mm. primarily because I love the fact that it's unregulated because I don't mm. like regulations. And I trust myself to find my own way. And I trust myself to, um, yeah, like I trust the magic that comes through. And it's the same with my clients. I trust the, the magic that comes through them when they're facilitating. So I love the fact that we don't have to, to um, hold ourselves to any particular institutional standard because that's the right way. Like there are, you know, it's one of the reasons why I never liked when I was, I still teach yoga, but when I was full-time yoga teacher, I never liked um, being affiliated with, you know, a regulatory body there because I was like, how can you regulate yoga? <laughs> so I love the coaching industry for that. And I also love what it's, what it stands for, what it enables people to actually do. Like when you find the right coach and right mentor, your life can change in ways you didn't even imagine. And I also love the fact that for the facilitators, there is this ability to leverage their gifts and their talents and to earn a really good living from it and have more time freedom. I love all of that. So I'm an advocate for the coaching industry. 
I just want to make sure that we're steering it in in the direction that's really good for all. Yeah, I love that. And I really, I really feel and honor your love for the coaching industry. And like your heart is so in the right place. And I feel like after this conversation, you know, it could feel like, oh my God, like we're just, we're talking about the things that we we question, but to the core of it, why we're having this conversation, why we feel safe to have this conversation is because our foundation is so rooted in like, this is what we're doing. We support women in this, like we love it. We've, mm-hmm. we've shifted so much. Um, and also I just want to add the point that like, we can work with people from all over the world. And that's yes! the beautiful thing. It's like, we become one world. Like we all feel so connected because now it's not a matter of like, I live in, you know, Europe and someone lives in Japan. Like we, you know, it doesn't work. No, now we can speak to one another. So your soul tribe and your, um, yeah, your work can really be shared on a global scale. And that's, that's so beautiful Mm-mm. and uh, I I love that I mean you know look at us connecting and and actually you know I met my best friend in Sabrina Phillips Facebook group five years ago <laughs> she's now my she's my bridesmaid for my wedding in October so yeah. we're probably gonna have to do a post you know just so it goes viral because you know <laughs> but yeah I love it I just I'm so grateful and there are pitfalls there are things to be mindful of so that's where this nuance comes in but yeah I love the coaching industry and I will be this is my lifelong work mm-hmm. to be facilitating this work maybe not always business mentoring although I bloody love my business mentoring but like but for sure the dharma work this is what I'm here for that's yeah. a done deal yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same as well I feel the same as well and I'm also so grateful for for this space um and what i want to take away from this conversation is just the feeling of you know there are so many people doing it a certain way and you know like i said i've been coached by many women and i saw them doing it a certain way and i had to learn to become sovereign and to create boundaries and to find my own path Mm -hmm. so what i want to take away from this conversation is like just because you've seen things look a certain way does not mean that that is how you need to move forward I want this conversation to give you, you beautiful listeners, this permission slip to be like, oh yeah, if that's wrong, like if that doesn't sit right with me, just because people are making a shit ton of money from it doesn't mean that that's the way or that's the way it should go. Because we're saying, well, there's so many other ways to look at it and you should follow what feels right in your heart, mm-hmm. in your body and to start acting that and to start creating, like paving your own path in that way. And you see what Sarah said, like when she started feeling into like what was an integrity for her what felt right for her like she felt this soul calling to speak up and say the things she needed to say and as a result um because she was doing good work actually she was actually creating a lot of um equality and justice um abundance flowed to her of course yeah i think it's really about defining what success means for you it's always coming back to like what is my most successful life look like how does it feel what am I contributing to? What does my most successful business look like? And checking in with the images that you have as well. Are those images like real soul yearnings? Or have they been given to you? And if they have been given to you, do they really resonate? Do they mirror your soul yearning? Or not at all? So this deep inner work and this constant um, 
self-reflection and, and checking for our biases and just, you know, this, this needs to be ongoing work. This isn't the work that we do once and then we just build a business. This like, this is the continuous work um, that ensures that, yeah, we're living in, in the fulfillment that we, we really want to be. And there's nothing better than waking up most days feeling like, oh, I love my mission. Like, yeah. oh, I, this work, like for me, yeah, I can see that the big fat zeros in my Stripe account coming in, which I'm not going to lie, I like, but also like getting off a session with someone and being like, holy shit, what was that? That was incredible. You know, this is what I'm here for. Right. And, you know, you could make a shit ton of money and do it, you know, the other way, but as you were just saying, it's this feeling of fulfillment of mm -hmm. waking up every morning being like that, like satisfies like my deepest soul. Mm -hmm. And that comes from a place of like, when you create a healthy, sustainable business that makes you feel proud, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm, I'm very proud of my business. I'm really okay. proud of the, the frameworks we have and the, the spaces that we hold. And I'm really proud of my work. And there's so much more that I can deepen in. And there's mm -hmm. so much more that I can refine. And there's so many more modalities I can learn. Um, yeah. And, How do you and want people to feel. Exactly. How do you want your people to feel? Yeah. You know, you do you. I think that's the most important thing. I, I, I really believe strongly that when we're all listening to our deepest wisdom and we're following that deepest wisdom, this is how we create healing, not just for ourselves, but for, you know, everybody, everything. It's, it's how we move, move towards the healing that I believe that this is what we're here to usher in, deep yeah. healing and change. Yeah. This conversation, I mean, I'm buzzing, like it just lit me up and it made me feel really alive. So I thank you so much, Sarah. I mean, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for since I've been looking at your posts about this for like a year. And finally, we have this is the space to do it. Um, and I'm so excited for those who are listening to to hear this episode and so curious how you feel about it. And um, yeah, please comment below or share on social media. And we'd yeah, we'd we are really loving to hear your feedback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if this resonates with you guys, then feel free to, to message us. I love having these conversations. And also, it's okay if some of it didn't as well. Like, we're just sharing ideas. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be the world according to Sarah and Juliet. And, and that's, I think that's what we're, we're encouraging you to, is to find your own way and take what resonates and run with it. So true, so true. Thank you so much, Sarah Love. Thank you. All right, my love, that about sums up this week's juicy episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to pass it along to a girlfriend you think might get uplifted from this conversation. And if there was a particular juicy nugget that you enjoyed, please feel free to share it on your social media and tag me. That way I can shower you with my love and appreciation. Thank you so much. And don't forget to give this podcast five stars so it can reach as many people as possible who are interested in pleasure, profit, and soul in the new age. Yes, motherfucker. I'm so happy you were here. Thank you so much. And I'll see you for the next episode. Lots of love. And don't forget to stay juicy. Mwah.